everyone. Welcome back to Page 8 Podcast, brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm your host, Kristen Carr, and I am very excited to get started with yet another podcast this week. So, today we're going to be talking about soccer. We've got Jake Gonzalez coming on to talk about that. We're also going to be talking about Coach Harson testing positive for COVID-19 with Caleb Jones. And we're going to be finishing off with a little bit of a football preview and the battle for starting QB. The Korea Center King Sejong Institute in the Auburn University Office of International Programs is offering four Korean language courses this fall, from September 13th to December 7th. Each course is $120 and taught on Zoom by a native Korean-speaking instructor. All courses are open to everyone, and the Level 1 course requires no previous Korean-speaking experience. To learn more and register, email auksi at auburn.edu. That is auksi at auburn.edu. All right, Jake, it's so good to have you on. How are you doing today? Doing good. Um, kind of just hanging out, enjoying, <laughs> enjoying the soccer wins this weekend, um, and just kind of looking forward to what they have in store. Yeah, definitely. So it's been quite a week uh, this past week for Auburn soccer. They won back-to-back games against Samford and number 12 BYU. So they definitely started off on the right foot, right? Yeah, it's definitely a, a different story than last year. Um, you know, it's still a young team that they had last year, but um, there's a lot more improvement. You can see the pieces starting to fall in line. It's really exciting, honestly. Yeah, so what did you see that you think helped Auburn be so successful this week as opposed to last year? I think the first thing is the Sanford game. They went down early. They, they, I think the third minute they conceded a goal. It's a pretty scrappy goal for Sanford, but they responded quickly. I think 37th minute around there, um, Auburn was able to get back into the game, tie it up, and go into halftime with, with the tie and said, make it a 45-minute game going into the second half. Same thing happened this weekend against BYU. Um, but this time the roles were a little bit reversed. Um, Auburn got a goal, and then BYU quickly answered, went to halftime, tied, and it's a 45-minute game from there. What do you think that says about their mindset, you know, going down early against Samford, you know, compared to maybe last year where they had a little bit of a harder time? What do you think has changed with their mindset going into these games where, you know, it is a little bit more difficult once you're down to sort of rally and and get that lead back yeah exactly i mean at the end of the last year you could start to see it happen a little bit you could start to see them get more goals and really win a game um but that that was one of the big issues last year is last year they'd get down one nothing and that would probably be, be it for them they couldn't really score they couldn't really move the ball very well in the attacking third but they could defend their lights out honestly they would one goal a game was usually what they gave up but this year, uh, Anna Haddock has really come alive. She's you know she's kind of helping create offense, but she's also putting balls in the back of the net, which has been a big difference from last year. Um, last year they really weren't scoring that frequently, but this year they've scored two goals both games, and it's a really good way to kind of get that offense started. Yeah, I think that says a lot to what they've been working on in the off season. For them to come back and have such a big improvement from what they had before, you know, like you were saying, being able to really execute on offense. Do you think that was a more of a mental thing, or do you think it had to do with execution? It's a little bit of both. Uh, soccer, especially when you're attacking, it, it is a lot more of a mental game. You've got to really have the confidence to kind of know where to push your shots, know that you're making the right passes, know that you're actually making the right decisions, because those are really minute differences that can make a goal a goal and make it not a goal and turn into a save. 
Um, so it, it's a little bit of the mental thing, but it's also execution because you actually have to go out and make the pass. You've got to make the shot. You've got to do all of those little details and actually get the ball in the back of the net. Let me say last year it was a really young team, so it's it's something that kind of takes time, especially because it's a different level for a lot of these girls. You know, not used to playing this much. It's a really big difference, and it kind of takes a little bit of time to get to that point where they're, I guess, executing consistently. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, having just a little bit of experience, you know, in college yeah. play can really affect your confidence and your execution. And I think what we're seeing now is these girls have got a little bit of soccer under yeah. their belt. <laughs> and so they're able to really act on that confidence. Um, you mentioned Anna Haddock. What do you think her leadership is going to bring to to the team this year? Well, it's, it's a big it's a big thing. Um, she, she plays in that number 10 role. She's kind of the center of everything for the offense. She really helps kind of move balls around in the final third, but she can also put them in the back of that like we've seen. You know, she put three goals in the last two games, earns her SEC Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, that's that's really big. You know, that, she's kind of going to be the central piece for the entire offense to kind of work through. Yeah. What do you think um, it means for them to start off so strong this season you know they beat the number 12 ranked team at home you know that's got to make you feel great going into the season oh absolutely like anytime you get a win like that it's a big win it feels good you love to see it as a player you got to enjoy that you know but at the same time it adds a little pressure as you go into the next week so this week uh they're playing troy and south alabama kind of makes those games a little bit tougher because they like we you know we just beat the number 12 team in in the nation but you know what you can't really can't really let that get to you because you got to really got to stick with it and grind out those other games. Yeah, and I mean, I know the coach mentioned how great it was to have a hundred percent capacity back, and you know, a lot of people showed up to support. What do you think that? What, what effect do you think that had on the girls on their confidence going into that um, home opener against BYU? Absolutely. Um, Karen, or Karen Hoppe was talking a little bit to Andy Bertram about that uh, in their podcast for the Auburn uh, Weekly or this week in Auburn soccer, and it, it's it's some of the things that the sophomore girls really haven't experienced at all. So it makes a big difference when you, especially after a year of not playing with really a crowd, it really kind of changes the whole environment, it makes games a little bit tougher for people on the road, but it also kind of gives you a little bit extra kick in the butt when you really need to get going. Definitely. <laughs> all right. Well. What what can you talk about some of the games that they've got coming up? What do you expect to see from them and how do you think they're going to be able to carry this momentum that they've started into those games? Yeah, this week they've got a uh, Troy coming up uh and then South Alabama. Those are both road games. Um really the the formations that they use is kind of a 3-4-3. So I mean, that's kind of what they've been using for the past year or two. Um so there's not a lot of change there. They kind of work their offense the same way, kind of work it from the back, bring it up to Haddock in the middle, kind of spread it out wide, and then trying to bring it back to the middle to get in front of goal. Um, so really it's not that big of a difference. They're going to try and do the same thing because that's that's the way their game plan works. Um, there's some minute differences depending on the opponent, what kind of formations they run. Um, but for the most part, it's really kind of keeping that mindset of wanting to be attacking, wanting to get on the end of things, and kind of giving it all. Um one of the things that they talk about a lot is the five big moments of a game. Mm-hmm. So those are usually kind of what decide a game, whether or not you're going to win it or lose it. Um, so those are really kind of important for them to really, I guess, you want to be on the winning outcome of that, you know? Right. Um, but th- those are going to be some tough matchups, you know. Uh, South Alabama's they made it to the NCAAs last year. They advanced to it. You know, it's 
it's a tough scene down there, especially in Mobile. It's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy. It's not going to be a fun soccer environment, but they've got to go out there and they got to grind some wins out. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on and talking Auburn soccer. We always appreciate having you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. This is Trice Brown, multimedia editor for The Plainsman. Here's your news for the week. Lee County Schools joined Auburn and Opelika school districts in requiring all individuals to wear masks indoors, due to what District Superintendent James McCoy said was a significant number of COVID-19 cases in the first week and a half of classes. The district previously encouraged individuals to wear masks, but did not require them. In a statement made Friday, Auburn head football coach Brian Harson announced that he has tested positive for COVID-19. While he isolates at home, assistant coach Jeff Schmetting will serve as interim head coach. Dr. Fred Cam, director of the Auburn University Medical Clinic, said the university is ready to offer booster shots of the coronavirus vaccine once they are publicly authorized. The CDC issued guidance on Wednesday for those with Moderna or Pfizer vaccines that booster shots may be necessary to renew protection against COVID-19, as studies have shown that their effectiveness decreases over time. The agency said that it aims to make booster shots available starting the week of September 20th and that individuals should receive a booster shot eight months after their second dose. This has been your news for the week. Now, back to the show. All right, guys, we are back, and we're going to be talking some Auburn football here, and I've got Caleb Jones, our sports editor, here with us today. Always good to be back in the studio, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure, and... You know, unfortunately, we're covering a little bit of a uh, sad topic here. We had Coach Harson test positive for COVID-19 this past week. Um, you know, he said that he's going to be isolating in his home and monitoring symptoms, and he's currently not experiencing any, which is good. But, um, you know, how do you think this is going to affect the team right now? You know, their preparation for this open scrimmage on the 28th and then also leading up to their first game. Yeah, I, uh, obviously it's going to affect it a little bit, um, but they prepared for this. You know, Harson said in his quote, uh, just like in a game, teams that handle adversity and make necessary adjustments are those that are most successful. Uh, I have full confidence in our coaching staff and team. Yeah, so Harson's been real active uh, in fall camp and in practices as far as like the drills go, which is something you didn't really see a lot of from Malzahn. Uh, so I think the players are definitely going to you know notice it a little bit that Harson's not there. Uh, but as far as like coaching goes, I mean, if you, you think back to last season when Saban was out, it really did not affect kind of what they were doing at all. Uh, and so I think you're going to kind of see that same thing here in Auburn uh, with Harson. as far as it's not going to have as big an impact as people may think it may. Right. And, you know, you have um, the assistant coach, Jeff um, Schmetting, and he's going to be taking over as the interim head coach until Harson returns. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about, you know, how involved he is in practices. And, you know, they do have a limited amount of practice, right, you know, heading into the fall. There's only so much time that they've got. So I do agree with you. I think that they will feel it a little bit in those practices. He is a strong personality, you know, and he does have a lot of, um, he does affect those practices a lot. But, you know, I think like you said, he, he stated, you know, they're very prepared. They've, they've planned for this and, you know, they've got Jeff Schmetting who's going to be taking over as the interim head coach until, 
you know, Harson comes back. So it looks like they're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, you know, we've got that first game against Akron coming up on September 4th. Obviously, you know, Auburn is expected to win by a larger margin. But, you know, this game specifically leading up to it is really crucial for the staff to set the tone and, you know, figure out all of that depth chart stuff and who's going to be really starting and who's going to be playing. How do you think Harson being gone right now is going to affect that at all? I don't think it affects it really as to far as far as like, you know, who's doing what on on that scrimmage day. Uh, I think for the most part all the all the teams have kind of been set, you know, your first team, your second team, third team, uh, all that stuff. I think those have pretty much been set for this. Um, maybe you have a couple guys that are, you know, that really outshine that maybe have a chance to move up a team or may- maybe even move down a team. Um, but I think this think this scrimmage is just going to be one of those you know, all right, let's get one last good scrimmage in before we go up against going up against guys that maybe you aren't familiar with their playing style as well. Yeah, all right, Caleb, thank you so much for um, coming on and talking about that with us. Um, really appreciate your insight. And up next, we're going to be talking about the battle for starting QB and what's going to be happening there. All right, guys, and we are back, and we're going to be talking about the battle for starting QB here at Auburn football. There have been some rumors and reports that Bo Nix may not be a shoe-in for starting quarterback this fall. Now, this may come as a surprise to some people, but I feel like to others it's a little bit more expected. Um, We had a little bit... I want to take you guys back and sort of track through some different things that have happened over the summer and now with some recent interviews with Coach Harson, that lead us to this possibility. So this summer, Harson stated that he told TJ Finley, who is the transfer from LSU, quarterback transfer, um, that he would be using him in multiple facets and that he would be using him a lot. Um, he also said in that same interview that he is looking for guys to compete. He's looking for toughness, accuracy, preparation, decision-making, and he said, quote, the ultimate competitors. And he said that it really starts with themselves. Now, in that interview, he never... It's interesting that he never really endorsed Bo Nix as the starter. You know, um, a lot of people, like I said, thought he was a shoe-in just because he's been here, you know, um, and I think under Gus Malzahn, that would, you know, he would never have really taken him out. Um, but this is a new coaching program. This is a new staff, and the whole staff has really been emphasizing, you know, starting from ground zero and then letting everyone earn those starting spots. And there were multiple coaches who stated at the beginning of this year that said they didn't really care if the players had started last year or not. They wanted to see them work. And so I think not only is that, you know, just a good thing overall, but I think it pushes those veteran players who maybe had started to get a little bit lackadaisical, a little bit comfortable with their spots, with their starting spots, and then now they're starting to see some of these young players who are really stepping up and it's pushing them, right? That competition is pushing them to be 
better and to really truly earn those top spots. But not only does it benefit those veterans, but it also really benefits the young players. It it really gives them motivation to work as if they were going to be starting. Um, when those young players know that they truly have a chance to maybe jump that starter from last year and get into that starting spot, they're going to work way, way harder. And I think that is a great strategy for this coaching staff going in. They're, you know, they're new. And so they want these these players to really prove themselves. And, I, you know, I think it's a great strategy. So after that, you know, all of that was happening over the summer. Um, there was a interview by Coach Harson that was sort of a recap from that second scrimmage last week. And he was talking to reporters about the the quarterback position And he said it was, quote, not out of possibilities to run a two-quarterback offense. And, you know, that interview, he was being very coy, very vague in answering questions about the quarterback position. And I think he's really, you know, he's not really showing all of his cards right now. He is sort of being a little bit mysterious about that decision. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how all of that plays out. I think on September 4th, a lot of things are going to be made clear to everybody. And, you know, I think Bo Nix is going to get a run for his money on that starting position with TJ Finley. And, you know, obviously there's, um, they've got other talented quarterbacks as well, but I think, I think Finley probably has the best chance out of anybody, um, to, to take that starting spot. And, you know, Harson is the person who brought him in and, and Harson didn't bring Bo Nix in. You know, so there is that sort of bond that he has with TJ Finley where, you know, Finley knows that Auburn is his place now and that he's really wanted here and that he's going to be used here. And I think Bo Nix has a little, has it a little bit harder with really having to prove himself to a staff that didn't necessarily recruit him and bring him in. So it'll be really interesting to see how all of that plays out. And I do want to play this clip um, from that interview, and and you guys can listen to that and, and figure it out for yourself. Coach, uh, so far through, you said eight, eight practices, the progression of the quarterback, you kind of talked about already, but a lot of fans are wondering what this Brian Harson offense is going to look like. Is there an opportunity where you would have two quarterbacks playing on September 4th, and, or are you kind of sticking to one guy by the end of this with the depth chart? Yeah, well, come September 4th, that's, I've done that before, so that, that's not out of uh, possibilities, uh, and let's be clear, um, you know, that's not what we're working towards right now. I mean, right now, we're, we're developing each quarterback to go out there and play the position and be the quarterback. Um, I've used multiple quarterbacks for situational things, um, and because guys deserve to play at that position. I've, I've coached some good players, uh, starters and backups. So as you can hear from that clip, you know, it Harson is very unclear about who he's going to be choosing for that starting position, but you know, I loved what he said about just training each quarterback as if they were going to be starting. I think that's a great way to go about it, and I think that's going to really give the staff the information and um just what they need to know going forward about who's going to be the best in that position. And I think the real question is, what does Bo Nix need? 
you know, to hold on to that starting job? And I think the answer to that question is that it really depends on his performance early. If he is, you know, given the opportunity to to start, I think he has to really be extremely dominant. I think he has to show a lot more accuracy than what he's been showing in this past, you know, from last season. He's got to be way more accurate. Um, I also think he needs to be much more comfortable in the pocket. You know, now that does play into obviously the offensive line and their execution there. But, you know, to be real, every quarterback that's trying to vie for the starting job is playing with the same offensive line, right? So whatever your offensive line does, you know, it is going to depend on you, right, as a quarterback to execute no matter what everybody else is doing. And so with, you know, if they do put TJ Finley in, it'll be interesting to see how him and Bo Nix compare and what each of them do with that same offensive line. So who is going to take advantage, right? Who is going to get comfortable and show that they can compete and show the accuracy and that they can really be depended on? Um, And, you know, I think that's really what TJ Finley or, you know, Grant Loy or I mean, that's what they need to jump Knicks and seize that starting spot. And now we do have, you know, that opening open practice on August 28th. And so it'll be a great chance for fans and students to see what the team is really going to look like. Obviously, they had a chance to do that at A-Day back in the spring, but it'll be really, really interesting to see how fans react to all of this and how their, you know, I guess their opinions or their their support will affect the decision as well. Because I know there are a lot of people who really love Bo Nix and rallied around him. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays a role in the decision as well. Um, So that is going to be all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening and as always just supporting us. We really appreciate it. And if you want to hear more, please come back and listen next week. We've got another episode coming up next Wednesday. We'll see you guys there. And we'll be talking about Auburn's first game against Akron.